This is a special announcement for anyone currently faced with overwhelming financial pressures due to back taxes. If you owe money to the IRS, tax relief programs are now available to help you deal with these problems and get your life back on track. You can't hide from the IRS, and your problems will not just go away on their own, but get worse. Call U.S. Tax Shield now for a free assessment of your financial situation. 855-795-1006. When you call, you will speak with one of their experts that can legally get your tax debt in control and potentially saving you thousands of dollars. Garnished wages, property seizures, bank levies, and other collection actions can stop immediately. Their specialists can get you protected and negotiate settlements on your behalf. Don't delay. Call U.S. Tax Shield now for a free consultation. 855-795-1006. That's 855-795-1006. Call now. Two, one. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny. I'm doing very important things here. I'm telling my uh, guy weed-eating my yard to make sure he miss, doesn't miss a couple weed-eating areas. So uh, we're a nationally syndicated radio show, and I am texting to make sure my weed-eating is being done proper. Is that interesting or not? I, I, you know, you can never overlook these things, Fred. It starts with a bad weed-eating job, and then the next thing you know, your house is on fire. So, That's yeah, exactly right. Yes, yes. Get it done. Get, so. it, get it done. Denise Dirks, Hi, Todd Keenan, and our producer, uh, Cal Hunter here. It is the 9th of April, 2022. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO, 855-529-7234. We appreciate Whoa, that was a yes. That's true, Cal. Pardon me. That's Cal. Yeah. Bl- you know what I'm How's thinking? That? He was, was blowing thinking, his nose. Wow. You know, you're a micromanaging your weeder eater. You're mic- I don't know. Micromanaging the weed yeah. eater? Yes. yes. Oh, that's okay. I'm a micromanager. Yeah, um, yeah, just tune her, take her down a little bit. Um, look, this is what's interesting. But during the break, uh, we had some really cool discussions. And Denise brought up the important thing is she's having a wonderful American barbecue tomorrow. And she said she's having ribs. By the way, if you want a rib, I, I don't know, Denise. I'm not saying anything. I know you're a good cook, and so is Michael, your husband. My rib, you're not going to have the type of ribs that I have. Mine are fall-off-the-bone ribs, man. They they fall off the bone when you get them. They're so good. Ribs, meat, et cetera, et cetera. And then she asked, what else? She's got corn on the cob, Todd. and Potato and then, salad. Potato salad. And then she wouldn't. She said, what else do we have to? I said, you got to have baked beans. And yeah. Todd and I, and then Todd and I looked at each other. Did, did you get the invite? I, no, I, I didn't get the invite. I think mine was lost in the mail. I don't <laughs> know what Mine's lost in the mail, too. Yeah. I, I'd be curious now if anybody else has any suggestions as to what would be. What would be, what, what is a staple in an all-American barbecue? Let us know. I, yeah, I, I want it. That's what I want to know. I want to do it right because I have my foreign exchange student oh, from wow. 2007 here, and he has brought his family with him, his children with him. 
Out of where? What what country? France. France. Yeah, he lives between Marseille and um, Nice. Well, they won't like it anyway. If it's, you know, it's so French, they won't like what you do. We would do no, like this. No, I think these. they will. I'm teasing. I, do. I'm teasing. I think because they want to do all everything that's so traditional. I sent them up. Uh, they didn't even know about Tahoe, and I sent them up to Tahoe, and they were so they had so much fun. That's Lake Tahoe. Yeah. Those of you who don't know, yes. it's up on the Nevada California border. Beautiful lake. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk today about uh, another case or no case that. Cal Hunter uh, has lined up for us. Uh, we're going to talk about a potential juror, what they said. We're going to get into Boris Becker's bankruptcy, some bankruptcy issues or uh, questions that you might want, you might wonder about. We're going to go over um, also the Varsity Blue lawsuits. Those were the Lori McLaughlin um, scandal. Felicity gonna, Huffman. Yeah, Lori Laughlin, her we're gonna, husband. We're going to talk about that. There's more. Uh, prosecution cases going that don't hit the news, but we're going to talk about the latest there. And then what we have is we have a case or no case about something. About, about a constitutional lawyer who said he knows the law better than the people who are enforcing it in the county courthouse. Okay, well, that might be true. Yeah, it might be Let's roll that. Yeah, all right, here we go. Here we go. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yeah. Nyack, New York. Everybody's a constitutional lawyer these days, recording the cops during traffic stops, being a general pain. And this man wanted to go inside the public building, the county office building, to ask for an item relating to public record. But security said, we'd like your ID, please, a piece of government ID. And the man said, so let me get this straight. You want me to provide government ID to go into a government building? I don't think so. I want to talk to a public official, and I am a member of the public. Security and he went back and forth and back and forth. The police were called. And finally, he was told, you put out that camera. You stopped taking video. And he said, no. They said, well, it's against policy to take video. And he said, I don't care. And so he went back and forth and back and forth again. The police came. The man was nonplussed. He went to his jailhouse lawyer buddies to his meeting and said, these people are trying to make me do this. What do you think? Do I have a case or no case? Do people have to follow county policy even if it is against a constitutional principle? That's the question that was asked. And I guess we get to start with you, Todd, case. Or no case? Well, I think the question here is whether or not it, having a camera, what he did and what he was being asked to do, violates a constitutional principle. Right. Uh, so I, I, I think that the it's a twofold issue here about when it comes to the type of case. Does he have a civil case for a violation of his rights? Um, conversely, does he have a defense to a criminal case for possibly trespassing, not in connection with uh, – because you, yeah, you said he talked to his jailhouse buddies, right? Right, just talked to his friends. I mean, he wasn't in jail. They have a little group of people. I, when I say so jail, he wasn't arrested. Right. When I say jailhouse lawyers, I mean people like me who aren't lawyers okay. who like to talk about the law. That's all I'm saying. Okay, you know, so he, don't you're not saying he was arrested because of this. He was confronted by the police and threatened with arrest. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. This – you know, there are no shortage of videos like this on YouTube all, all over, over yeah. the place. Over, yeah. And, you know, it's people out there. I get you have your constitutional rights, but they're looking for a confrontation. In my opinion, if you're inside the government building or trying to enter a government building for purposes of safety, they can 
request your ID. I believe that they're okay doing that. If you're filming outside the government building on public property, they can't prohibit you from doing that. You can't be prohibited from filming law enforcement. It doesn't sound like this was either because in your scenario, he was trying to get in, right? He was inside a public building. Inside a public building. Which, by the way, is defined, according to him, as an area to which the public has expected access. And by the way, I'm a member of the public. That's what he said. It's an interesting scenario, but it did not result in a case. No case. Okay. Denise, what do you think? Case or no case? Was it a courthouse or what kind of a public? Yes. It was a courthouse and office building. Yes. I called it. You can actually film outside the courthouse, even inside the courthouse, but not inside the courtroom. So um, I think this is a case, and I think it establishes a principle that you there's no recording inside the courtroom, um, but there's no restriction outside. The thing about it is, can you view courthouse records without giving your ID, um, a government-issued ID specifically? And um, I do think that you have to give an ID. It's, it's to protect the public records. So I, So depending on what constitutional right he's trying to... Um, protect against and that's his right to you know uh, videotape or record in the public face or if it is his right to view public records i think he's going to lose on the public records but i think he will win on being able to do a camera inside the non-courtroom areas all right the purpose behind this meeting was to get something from the county clerk under the foia freedom of information act Okay, Mr. Penny, what do you okay, think? Okay, so case? I'm saying yeah. that it is a case. Yeah, okay. And I'm saying that on the Freedom of Information Act, he loses okay, because he has to have the ID. Okay, Fred, case or no case? Uh, it's a case, and he loses because the government does have a, a, an interest in a number of things. When it comes to government uh, buildings, they can restrict what you bring in. or what you, they, you can't bring a gun in. You can't bring you know, a little pocket knife. I mean, you, there's things that they disallow, and, and they can do that. Um, and it's actually, it's constitutional, my understanding. So the answer is he loses, and it is a case, because uh, they could require you to turn things off, not bring things in, do whatever they want. Here's Why a hint, the by the way, a yeah. hint. He willingly went through security screening. Willingly. That was not a problem. All right. We'll be back after this. We'll give you the answer to case or no case. Pretty interesting thing. I mean, people have these questions all the time, like Todd said, especially guys who are snarky looking for police officers will start, not a fight, but a confrontation with cops will start to film them when they get pulled over. doesn't make them all that happy in many cases. So we'll talk about the answer to this case or no case after this on Radio Law Talk, on many great local radio stations, and always on RadioLawTalk.com. We'll be back. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. 
If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. Here's Fred Penny with Penny and Associates. When you or a family member have been injured in an accident, what should you look for in a personal injury lawyer? The first thing is an experienced personal injury law firm that is actually taking cases to trial. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny, managing partner and founder of Penny & Associate Injury Lawyers. For over 30 years, Penny & Associate Injury Lawyers has been successfully representing individuals and their families. At Penny & Associates, we're experienced trial lawyers, and we work with you to get the best results. Go to pennyandassociates.com or call 800-616-4529. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Uh-huh. Up inside, let's take a ride and watch this cutting shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Well, come on. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number, 800-918-7092, 800-918-7092, that's 800-918-7092, paid for by the IPG Law Group. I've got to get my car washed. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number, 800-918-7092, that's... Todd has kitty. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Email the show anytime you'd like. Info at radiolawtalk.com. I-N-F-O. Info. Info at radiolawtalk.com. Dot com.
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, uh, seek local counsel. We're talking about general topics of law. We are not giving legal advice. We are talking about a case or no case, whether or not an individual can be basically told to, you know, they got to have to show their ID, they got to turn their cell phone off, they got to do this or that when they're coming into a public. A government building, um, and the answer is: I know that there's some arguments that, like in, uh, they 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 can to some degree, but not inside. The, I don't. I'm sticking with my my story, which is I said that it is a case, and that they the government can control what you do in those buildings, including showing ID or turning your phone off, et cetera, et cetera. Denise agreed with me, and Todd said, I said no case, no case. No case. So the core issue seems to be, if I maybe help me if I'm wrong about this, do you have to follow a a county policy that has been adjudicated to be unconstitutional? If if you come into the building and they say we want your ID, we have to have the ID. You cannot film inside the building. Why is that? It's county policy, but that policy is against the constitutional principles. It's already been adjudicated. That's too bad. That's our policy. Do it or face arrest. Boy, you're saying it was already adjudicated instead of well, not the, not this case. The principles. What I'm saying. Yeah, and that's that, what this guy's arguing. That right. put that puts a different spin on it because well, we in this case here, we don't, yeah. we don't know if the policy has been adjudicated as unconstitutional. This particular policy has not with this county. That's right. So here's okay. let me let me tell you the story because Todd. Yeah, once again, you're, you're rolling, man. You are like a big rock down a hill. You're rolling. No case. Wow. Rock, Todd Cunin, home run to number two. So the sergeant goes running off to the, talk to the city council, the lawyer, the C-O-U-N-S-E-L, the city lawyer, and comes back and says, Sir, congratulations for defending your constitutional rights and good for you. He met with the clerk. No ID. Video was recorded and posted. No court case. A lot of time was taken on this whole thing. But according to this guy, the Constitution was defended and his rights preserved. And he said the core issue for him, and I think it's a good point, is why should the government be able to restrict you from entering a public building that of which you own a piece as a member of the public by showing an official government ID? How is that okay? And that was his question. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. I can't get on an airplane without showing an ID, but I can vote. with. And that's what this guy said. He said, I can vote without showing an ID. Mm. Why I can't I come into this building without showing an ID? Well, it depends if you're going to vote Republican or Democrat. <laughs> that's a good True. Point. But that is. <laughs> and it depends on who you talk and to. And if your state's red or blue, right? Uh, that sure. is case or no case. Oh, a little throw in there. We love the. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, my God. So I, got, I got four points today so far. Yeah, next hour, sometimes things get complicated and adoption of a complicated child that's next hour (laughs) (laughs) you know last week i was in florida and i was on south beach and i'm i'm not going to comment because it's just wasn't it was an interesting interesting time was it a spring break for some no it was right after the week after spring break Mm. so um i love florida it's beautiful and it's wonderful but it's just a different vibe. It's the it's a different vibe, and I'm not gonna yes, get into. Yes. I know those who <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I, I grew up in the country, and just the, Florida ain't the country. No, how do I how do I say this? The bathing suits were very interesting. That's all I want to say. I was gonna say the vibe starts with a V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it's there was very of them, interesting. Yeah. It was very interesting as uh, 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 you know an older farm former farm boy. So, look, 
in Florida, <laughs> there 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 is the, there's a famous case in Florida that is that is that occurred called um, where they're they're at, okay. Two couple things happen. I, I know I'm just I'm just going blah 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 blah. He's, he's, thinking, Parkland, he's thinking about what he saw I know, in Miami. Stop now, it. Now, now they're you know stop. <laughs> Train of thought, boarding at the station. Get your eyeballs off your cheeks, and here we go. <laughs> even, off the rails. Even my wife's like, oh, this is interesting. Wow. I said, yeah. Uh, the Parkland shooting, right? Yes. The, uh, so now they, you know, this, the Nicholas Cruz has been found guilty. Now they have to pick a jury to determine whether or not he gets the death penalty or not. And it has to be a unanimous decision That's by exactly the jury. That's exactly right. And so we have the judge here, uh, who, uh, who's Elizabeth Shear. And by the way... I think this is appropriate to say it. We just have to be careful because we have to be respectful. But Todd Kunin <laughs> has has as a legal scholar, there's a few people that he he has voluntarily decided to give free legal advice. One is who's the famous um, actress Scarlett Johansson. Absolutely, he, and that's and he had any time she needs free legal advice, Todd's there for her, and he now has decided to help judge. Elizabeth Shear with any help in the courtroom that she needs. If she needs a, a, a research clerk, an emotional support clerk, I, I am um, more emotional than, support animal. I, I, I yes. Hey, as long as I'm pet, we're good. I uh, you know I am I am happy to happy to assist. So there you go, Your Honor. I have a lot of respect for this judge because I think she handled a difficult situation in a very well mannered. Oh, she! I, I like the way because I watched the video. It just kind of like kind of went on, you know. Didn't didn't stop. So, who wants? To, I want Denise to talk about this one because this is a pretty funny one. So, tell them about Vordier and what and how or Vordier. People say it differently. Denise, tell them the situation. And that's what's going on here. So they're picking a jury just to decide the penalty phase um, of Nicholas Cruz, and the choices are death it has to be unanimous jury. Or if it's not unanimous, he's going to automatically get life in prison for the Parkland shooting. And he killed a lot of people. Um, this really was no surprise that he was going to get convicted if he was found to be sane. And um, so I'm not surprised by the result. Um, and I like knowing that a jury has to have a unanimous decision in order to put someone to death because I like that idea too. Sure, I agree. I do believe in the death. I believe in the death uh, sentence um, for – Penalty, yeah. Yep. Yeah, penalty for people that are mass murderers, for people that hurt children, and for people that attack cops or hurt I kill cops. That's my own personal thing. Right. So in any event, I got it. Are you 30 it. seconds, Cal? 30 seconds is yep. what he's when telling me. So okay, I have to so talk, I'm going to have to there, talk yeah. about yeah. it when we come back Good, Denise. because I tell you, you don't want to miss this. This is interesting. It's funny. It's um, uh, probably would have caused most people um, a moment to think about it and this judge went on without a beat we'll be back big bottom of the hour break coming up right now we'll be back with more radio law talk after this life can be full of risks one thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance if you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it we specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it we have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental vision and prescription drugs don't take a risk with your family's health insurance it's not worth 
worth it? If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-
And, you know, people are raising their hands. Yes, I'm self-employed. I'm the only um, person bringing in money for my family. I cannot miss work. My family won't survive it. You know, other people are saying I'm caretaker. I take care of um, my, my, my parents. And they would really suffer if I wasn't there in the morning to make sure they have eaten and showered and all of that. And, of course, these all seem to be very, very, very good reasons. And in several jurisdictions, they refer to these as hardships. This may come up a hardship, right? That's right. right. You have yes. to, well, we have to preface it. That's, that's what yes. it's called, a yes. hardship. Right. Yes. And so this one particular juror, she says, you know, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I take care of my children, and I also have to take care of my sugar daddy on top of that. No, no. I have to, like. Yeah, I have to like well, take care of him every day. She first says I have a birthday. My two kids have a birthday. Oh, she changes the dates yeah. too. Yeah, oh, and then she said I'm married and have a husband, and then she says, and I, and I also, also have a sugar daddy that I have to take care of daily, <laughs> daily, daily. And she mixes up the birthdays for herself uh. and for her kids. She <laughs> so she's like trying to find anything that's gonna you know resonate with this judge. <laughs> And and the funny thing is, the judge doesn't even react to that. Right. She just moves on. That's now, perfect. does this juror get on this jury? No, she does not get on this jury. So there's two reasons. There's kicked off for cause or because you do have something that, you know. A hardship. You should, hardship. Or, and or the attorneys kick you off. No, she got kicked off for hardship. But it was funny. If Go to YouTube and you can watch it. The judge was very professional. Very, it's like, okay, thank you. Uh, next. Uh, <laughs> It's just kind of like, uh, all right, we'll move on on that one. And but just just didn't bat an eye. The judge just went right on. But you know, I'm telling you, we all know judges. We know they're, they're all human, right? And you know, she's thinking in her mind as she went on. What did I just hear? What I heard? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm sure that the sugar daddy's a very important person. Well, the husband is, and the sugar daddy both. Well, I maybe the sugar daddy helps take care of the husband. Could, could be. I'll, I'll tell you the thing is, it's so outrageous. Look, the dates for her, the dates for her children. She mixes up the dates, and it makes you wonder was she was she telling the truth about the dates for the children or not? But if somebody comes into court and says, "I'm married, and I also have a sugar daddy," I cannot imagine somebody making that up because of what it would say about. It's got to be true, which is just. Beyond bizarre. I've never heard of a hardship like that. Well, but. she might have just been advertising. Well, well here's the deal be. also. Guess what? You know the rule is one time, at least one time in your life, you're going to get your 15 minutes of fame. She got it. There's she did. 15, we're talking about it in radio. I wonder if her husband's away. aware of the sugar daddy. He is now. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't know. Maybe he isn't. Who knows? So there we go. Uh, that was the most exciting thing that we've talked about all day just put it down go to youtube and watch the the best part is judge elizabeth Shear. how she handled it was just and i repeat this was phenomenal just i I just again i just know what she's thinking and you know what's happened the minute okay we'll take a break now what did everybody hear what i heard it's like what what was the best excuse you've ever heard have you you ever heard anything like Uh, that that seems a little crazy i mean i'm trying to think of the excuses i've I haven't heard anything really crazy. It's a lot of times. It's you know, hey, uh, a lot of it's the job. You know, I'm I'm the sole provider, and I can't leave my job because, and then some jobs pay you to be there, some don't, right? 
I, well, $20 a day doesn't yeah, really yeah. cut it. No, but I mean, some employers will say, we'll cover your salary if, oh, if okay. you your... Yeah, some do, some do. When I was in law school a long time ago, I, was, I went to law school down in San Diego, and which, for those of you geographically, geographically impaired, very close to the border with Mexico, and we... One of my professors was an adjunct professor, so he was also a practicing district attorney. And so he had us come and watch jury selection in a case that he was trying. So we're sitting there watching jury selection. This one individual says, uh, Your Honor, I have a uh, prepaid business trip, an uh, international business trip, can take me out of the country. And the judge says, Well, that sounds like good cause. Yeah, we'll go ahead and let you go. The guy stands up, starts to walk to the back. The judge says, Oh, by the way, which country are you going to? He says, uh, Mexico. Hold on. What part of Mexico? I'm going to Tijuana, which is like maybe five miles away from our courthouse. Yeah, turn around, sir. Sit back down. That's not a hardship. You're staying here. <laughs> That's hilarious. I got I to gotta go back, and I forgot to say something about this juror and the judge. I want to go through that. This is she, – she did go right on with it, but um, she did kind of like, like, huh? She, like she didn't hear it right. And um, this is what, what she says. Okay, this is the juror. And then she says, quote, I, ha- I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. And this is a, here's a quote from the judge. I'm sorry. Um, and then she, she just cocked her head and looked at her. And the, and the lady, the juror said, potential juror, my sugar daddy, my sugar daddy. Okay, this is the judge. Okay, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about, but will. And then she interrupts her. She interrupts the judge. I'm married, and I have my sugar daddy. I see him every day. Here's the judge. Quote, okay, all right, uh, ma'am, we'll come back to you. <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah, I was just like, oh. I just, I just wish I was You know every single lawyer was like, hey, did you hear what I just said? Let me tell you. So anyway. All right, we're going to move on from the sugar daddy. Sugar daddies are exciting, but uh, we're going to talk about the Boris Becker bankruptcy. Those oh, of you who yes. don't know who Boris Becker is, he is a former star tennis player. He was uh, a, he's like a champion. Oh, I mean, yeah. He, you know, yeah. He's, he's the Tiger Woods of the of uh, tennis back in the, what, 80s probably? Yeah, he the, did He did the win. I forgot what it's called, but they win Wimbledon and they win. Grand right. Slam. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, he's a super, and he's out of Europe, right? He's in, yep. I don't know which... Which country in Europe? United Kingdom. What, what's that? I can't hear you. Oh, you're out. Okay. Um, what was it? United he, Kingdom? He's, uh, I think he's German, but... Cal, the, we're out, so go ahead and... Uh, you're doing fine. There, you're, okay. you're doing fine. Go ahead. Um, okay. So, so uh, yeah, so Boris Becker files bankruptcy. Now, when you file bankruptcy, you have to list your assets, right? And, and now, if you list your assets and you say, this is all I've got... The people or creditors can fight that and say, no, that's not the only – those aren't the only assets you have. And they can do what's called – again, I'm not a bankruptcy lawyer, but I, I'm, I'm going to think of the name. But they, bas- they can basically cross-examine you and ask the judge to look into, okay, we're, we're going to ask – we want to ask some questions of this individual uh, under oath. Well, before he even gets there, what happens? What happens to Boris Becker? Denise or Todd? Well, in this case, he declared bankruptcy. And he had assets discharged, but what debts they, discharged? Uh, de- debts discharged. But what they later found out was that he didn't declare everything that he had. 
He he had assets that he hadn't declared that he had transferred after bankruptcy to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And when this was found out, he was criminally prosecuted for not for bankruptcy fraud, not disclosing all of his assets and was charged with a lot of counts. Now, now, 20 of them, just to give you an idea of how many there were. 20 of those counts were dismissed, including the, they, they tried to allege that it was fraud because he didn't turn over his Wimbledon trophy and, and things like that. 20 counts were dismissed, but he was found guilty on several counts of not disclosing his assets. And this is over in London, and he is facing up to seven years prison. He has yet to be seized out on his own recognizance or pending sentencing. He's facing seven years. I don't know what the bankruptcy laws are in England, but here in the United States, if you transfer assets to somebody that's close to you and and it's not a proper sale or anything like that, it can be subject to being set aside in the bankruptcy once you file. And you have to disclose those transfers. So even if he had just transferred it before the bankruptcy, if it was within a certain amount of time, he still would have had to disclose the transfers. And he didn't do that. He transferred after he had filed bankruptcy. He didn't disclose those assets. And it is pretty clear. I don't see that this is going to be something he's going to uh, be able to appeal and overcome because it's it's clear. The other thing that really kind of bothers me is that I didn't know what things he was trying to claim as being exempt, you know, from um, doing it. He might have had some exemptions. We'll be back after this. And we're going to talk about the Varsity Blues lawsuits. This is Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned. You turned on Radio Law Talk. Radio Law Talk. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376. 800-918-1376. 800-918-1376. That's 800-918-1376. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. 
Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. I like the Amargosa Valley. Stop whining. Now, Radio Law Talk continues. Here's your host, Fred Penny. Oh my gosh, do we have to bring it up again? The Varsity Blues, man, did we pound this hard, long, and it was taking forever for us to talk. A year, I think a year and a half we talked about this. But uh, it's the Varsity Blues, that's where we had... You know, the scandals, especially in, uh, you know, at USC and some other California colleges where uh, they were basically paying to get their kids in in a different way that was kind of more fraudulent, like they were on the rowing team and they never rowed before or something like that. And there was one individual uh, that I'm not going to bring up the name that was kind of the backbone of this, and it's a guy that went around to high schools and, and recruited, and I will never forget when all the scandal broke nationwide, um, and Lori McLaughlin was one of them, and, and some some stars uh, uh, served some time for this. It, it, I remember the, the guy coming out to the local high schools in California where we are and actually talking to some of my friend's kids. about and Before that, yeah, the before, Varsity Blue. Yeah, before broke. it broke out. So... What's the latest? Who wants to talk about the latest? Yeah, uh, I, I can start it out if yeah, you like. Yeah, start uh, it, man. Start so, it. So the, 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 the scheme, if you will, was that folks could get their kids into some of these big schools like USC and others. We'll, we'll just focus on USC for purposes of this story. And, and the way that that would happen is that the coach of a specific team in a sport, whether it be water polo, and these are like not the mainstream sports, uh, football, basketball, baseball, things like that, but other lesser followed sports, in this case rowing or water polo, the coaches for those teams would open up spots, I'm using air quotes, that could be filled by the children of some well-to-do folks in exchange for charity donations to a program and then they had to deal with the issue about whether or not that person had grades enough to get in and so as part of the or scheme, passed a certain test yes and, and, and as entrance part, test as part of the scheme it was taking those tests either giving a student extra time to take it or just having somebody take the test for them and that was exposed and people were prosecuted as a result of that now a lot of people pled the celebrities you know most of them pled and we talked about those but now they're getting to the trials of some of the people that participated. And one of them 
was uh, the former coach for the water polo team at USC, and he was found guilty this last week for his part in the program. And he, he tried to raise the defense that you know, the school knew what was going on, everything was happening, the school was saying, no, that is not the case, and he was still solely responsible. So he was found guilty, and he is pending sentencing. Jury didn't buy his defense for his participation in that. And there's another individual. Now, just at first glance, Fred, Denise, you know, if you think about the participants in this, you've got the you got the the fam the parents that were trying to get their kids in, and then you have the people that were facilitating that, that were essentially selling this program. We'll take the test for you. Say, say the person that actually went and took the test for the kids. At first blush, who would you think from a criminal standpoint and punishment is more liable? You know, the the parent that was the parent was trying to get their kid in, or the person that came up with the plan and was marketing it to the parents, do this way we can get your kid in. Okay, I'll answer that. Uh, yes. this is, I remember doing this uh, and talking about this, and I'm going to take a devil's advocate. Point. Okay. Here's the devil's advocate. So well, you have to talk about damages. What occurred that was, quote, illegal and damaged someone? And I'm not saying I agree with this, but this is another argument, guys. So let's say Lori Laughlin comes in and wants her, her daughter – to, to go to USC, and um, again, I'm not saying she. Not, this is just a. Or I'm going to say, Sally Jones comes in and wants their daughter to uh, go to USC, and they put her on the water polo team by or the rowing team. By the way, most colleges there's the standards to get in. If you're a normal student and athletes, the standard is much lower because otherwise, most athletes wouldn't be able to go to, to a lot of these schools. So. That it is a lower standard, and 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 which, rightfully so, you can to some degree. Um, okay, now what happens if this individual brings in? Let's see. If my kid goes to USC, I will donate ten million dollars to the new USC engineering department for a new engineering building that they need to, uh, let's say you know, advance electricity or something like that, or electrical engineering. Is that, does that help? Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Uh, as long as my kid gets in, that's a good thing. <laughs> it, helps, it helps to fund stuff at the school. But right. what I'm saying is it helps and benefits all the students in the school and maybe even outside the school. So is that wrong? I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with it. Is that wrong <clears throat> for big donors to come in and help the school and the students if their children get in. Yes or no? I, I would say if the school says to them, hey, look, you know, we'll open up a spot for your kid if you want to go ahead and donate to this, and everybody knows that's why the kid got in, that's fine. I, I would say it's, it's less above board if, I'll tell you what, don't tell anybody this is what happened. We'll squeak them in as a, as a water polo player, even though they have a fear of water. They've never been in water. They've never done anything. But we'll squeak them in, and we'll also get somebody to take the entrance exam for your kid. No, let's throw the entrance exams out. I'm not saying no, but, that, but that's, that's clear. You're changing my hypothetical. <clears throat> no, yes. my, no, my hypothetical didn't include doing anything illegal like that. But my hypothetical was first. <clears throat> okay. All right. <laughs> but back to my hypothetical, would you – is that bad or good? If there was nothing illegal, I, no. I would say it's okay. It's fine. <clears throat> if there's nothing illegal But about according it. to some, that's not right. That's that's true. 
that's true. Yeah, mm. I mean, I I understand that people feel like um, people of money and privilege get uh, access that other people don't, and that it's not really fair to base it upon, you know, somebody's financial situation. Well, well they base it on other things too, Denise. Besides, yeah, but financial. not solely. Uh, there's there's a lot of people that get in colleges that don't quote meet the high criterion that are getting in under other re- for other reasons. So don't forget, sure, it's not just sure, academics. but not financial. It's not just academics. It's other things. And again, <clears throat> the I'm just distinction being the in your yeah. in your fact mm-hmm. is the financial contribution. So not everybody can do that. So it does give them a leg up. It gives the children a leg up, and that may not be exactly fair. This is public school. But is it fair that $10 million rolled into that school to help all those students? Sure, but it shouldn't be conditioned on the child getting in. Then, then the $10 million doesn't go. True. And those children don't, don't. That's true. It doesn't affect. So I don't be. know. I was just saying it's, uh, I'm saying there's, it's interesting. I've just thought about that and wondered. All right. So go getting ahead. back to my question. Sorry. Getting back to my question, which is of the guy who went in and took the tests for the kids and came up with the program. That's a bad deal. And the parents who paid him to do it because he solicited that, say, hey, I can do this stuff for you. Who do you think should get the longer sentence? The guy, the guy that, that took the The guy test. that repeatedly did it for a lot of different yeah. people. Yes, I agree. So that guy's name is Mark Riddle, and he was – now, he did cooperate with the authorities, but still, he made 250000 bucks taking tests. He was paid about 10000 bucks a test. So 25 people he took tests for. He was just sentenced this week. Now remember, Lori Laughlin. How many? How long did she serve in custody? Three months. Six months. Oh, and, and her husband uh, was eight months, something eight like months, that. Yes. And then Felicity Huffman, celebrity. Three. She three. she she had three months. Um, yeah, Mr. Riddle got four months. He did participate. He cooperated, but he got four months. He yeah, was the one but he taking got, the test. But he cooperated against the parents, so but he, he took paid. out a lot of people. He got paid. That's the difference. I know. Lori Laughlin. Those they paid to the school. They gave money to the school. Where this guy got paid um, to to do this, but the whole focus of the varsity um, uh, blues was trying to get at these wealthy people and and that were getting their kids in and and all of that. What is what is the guy that was the underlying uh, mastermind of this? What has Singer gotten? I don't think he's been sentenced. He yet. has yeah, not, but because he's yet. been but, testifying in each case. But right. Riddle Riddle was part of Singer's plan. Yes. So, yeah, I, I just look at this. And go well. You know, you can be upset with the parents because their kid got in, which meant some other kid didn't get in theoretically. Well, if Riddle took twenty-five tests for this kids, Riddle's behavior led to at least twenty-five people not getting in because he helped twenty-five kids get in. And that's a fraud. He's getting money. And, under, yeah. yeah that's, and he got that's money for it. Good. And yeah. He only got four months. Well, we come back. Hour number two. We got a case or no case, and we're going to talk about. Uh, ah, we'll let you know what we're going to talk about when you come back. Like Fred said, a lot of planning, a lot of anticipation for the third hour of Radio Law Talk, so you stay tuned, and we'll be back with that at six minutes after the next hour. And if your local station does not carry Radio Law Talk next hour, you can click over to radiolawtalk.com, where we are streaming live. In fact, we'd look forward to meeting you over there if that meets a need for you. Thank you. We'll be back. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
It's Wayne on the Route. It's official. Inflation is at its highest level since the 1980s, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. What most people don't know is that it's actually much worse. Inflation may be higher now than the 1980s since the new measurements exclude food and energy. Gas prices up 58%. Energy up 33%. What can you do about it? Protect yourself and your family. Only gold, silver, and other hard assets give you true protection. My friends at Tangible Investments guarantee the absolute lowest prices on precious metals. Check them out at TII1.com or call 800-300-8441. Tangible Investments has 40 years of experience and billions, that's with a B, billions in transactions. Call 800-300-8441 if you want help with gold, silver, platinum. They guarantee you the best prices plus excellent service. Call Tangible Investments now, 800-300-8441 or visit TII1.com. They also provide free verbal appraisals.